Oh my god, what's up party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter. <laughs> for now. And you can also find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter. Again, you know, we're, we're waiting. We're waiting. It's still shambling. Twitter's still shambling. Um, Thank you for your patience, as I have endured several head colds, and I'm mostly back. Thank you, antibiotics. Thank you, 2023 antibiotics. We're going to Scotland. We're we're going to do some Outlander. No, we're not. We're not doing any Outlander. But, but there's a lot of Outlander overlap here. I feel like it could be a really intriguing crossover. No. Uh, we're in 1964 Scotland. And let's just talk about this hot mess of a cover. Uh, <laughs> is it a hot mess? I mean, it's a little bit of one. Um, I do love, though, that, like, one of the things that you can find, if you're at all into this, is you can find, like, the actual, like, artist photo that they took to do this image, and, like, it's a model with a cigarette in her mouth because she's got to have it pursed for bagpipe reasons. Also, if you are familiar with memes, this is the one with Nancy Drew in the case of the overcomplicated bong where she's got a, she's got a fucking bagpipe. She's just holding on to a bagpipe, and she's like, okay, I got this. Got it. Yes. She's also wearing, like, full Scottish cosplay. Like, she's going for it. Technically, it's not appropriation because she's Scottish-ish in a way that, sure. No, it's fine. She's got, like, the tam shanter She's got the kilt. She's got the white button-down with a kicky little tie going on. And a little vest. And some knee-high stockings, which are black, which I feel is probably not appropriate, but it's fine. I don't care. Um... She is just playing the hell out of some bagpipes on some Scottish highlands with some sheep that are dotting the fields behind her for plot reasons. I mean, it's cute. It's a cute cover. I'm going to give it that. It's cute. Um, She's got her hair. Her hair is red for this one, and it's got this cute little flip at the end of it. It's cute. Because, again, we're in 1964. But, yeah, if you were like, I didn't know she was a bagpipe enthusiast, you would be correct. She is for this one, but it's <laughs> pretty much so, uh, the plot of this motherfucker. Ah, uh, Nancy and her dad, who is, again, going to be played by John Hamm, but we're going with, like, comedy-era John Hamm. So, like, think 30 Rock John Hamm or possibly Bridesmaids John Hamm, where he's, like, goofy. He's he's given that in this one. He's not giving Don Draper. No. There's, like, one scene where you're like, okay, the Don Draper is trying to just creep back out. But for most of this, it's like, okay. Because the first thing that Carson Drew does in this fucking book is he's like, he's trying out a Scottish accent. And Nancy's like, that was fun. And you're like, she's she's also like, I don't know, though. Like, has, has the pressure of your job finally gotten to you in a critical way? Because most of the time, you're not trying to sound Scottish. Um, the, Here's the thing. He needs to take Nancy to Scotland because um, Nancy's maternal great-grandmother... So map that out in your family tree in the head. Um, is Lady Douglas. Lady Douglas is the widow of a lord who was in the House of Lords, the actual fucking House of Lords. Um yeah. She has a massive castle, pretty much, like a, a modernish castle, which she is planning to live to the National Trust of Scotland. And I was like, okay, okay, that's that's responsible. Um I feel like that's a good move. However, um, Carson has been tapped to go collect the signatures of everyone who would be impacted by this decision. So basically all the descendants who are in Scotland. And then, of course, Nancy, who is like, no, it's fine. I, I got this. So he's taking her over there. They're going to do a, like, spring break tour of Scotland. So they have to go through, like, 
um, Ivernos and they have to go through Edinburgh and they have to like, it's just like they're, they're hitting all the big tourist traps. They're, they're going to collect a bunch of things. He's like, I need to consult with several lawyers and you are going to be doing some sightseeing. And Nancy's like, fuck yeah, I am. However, Lady Douglas intends to give Nancy a, a precious family heirloom and she lost it and she doesn't know where it is. And Nancy's like, a case, a mystery. Someone stole it. And her dad's like, maybe. I don't know. I don't need. Nancy's like, what is it? Is it like um, a horse or maybe the entire house? Or I don't know, a, a secret treasure box. And he's like, I, I don't know. No idea. No idea. I just know that it was a thing and it is now lost and it's up to you. And Nancy's like, I got this. I got this shit. I was born ready for this shit. So she's talking to her dad about all this. Um, Again, they don't know if it was stolen. I mean, of course, it's an AC yearbook, so that's where your brain goes immediately, and I don't blame you. But they don't know. Um, So Hannah's like, okay, I'm making lemon meringue pie. And also, Ned called earlier, and he's back from South America, and he wanted to come see you. So I invited him over for dinner. And Nancy was like, well, we are common-law married, as we have been dating for 32 years. Bitches, it's 1964. Like, uh, several rings. I feel like several rings have been put on this shit just in, like, previously not reference scenes. Um, again, and the whole thing with, like, and Ned, Ned is back from South America trip. I was like, again, you are lending credence to my theory that, again, Ned has been a college student for 30 years. He's currently tenured. He's fucking tenured. They're like, yeah, he, he lives in this hut and he just, he just rocks it. It's fine. Um, also, is he working for some sort of spy agency? Because I'm here for it. There's not a lot of evidence in this book that would contradict me on this. And you know me. I can hang anything. I can be like, and they banged in this scene. But I'm, this book is giving a lot of credence to my theory. He's CIA now, like, or some sort of benign counterpart but we're talking 1964 so anyway so uh nancy's like oh i get to see that fantastic fantastic he's gonna be coming over for dinner and um yeah it's nice nice um and again in the book he's like special friend he's he's relegated to special friend status i was like that's because he's like you are still pretending you're 18 and he's definitely like he is a mature older man who is here for some may december romance so there's that happening anyway so um, the other thing is that Nancy gets a phone call from Bess. Now, I think that Ned has actually come over to the house at this point, and he's like, Nancy, you know that it is May, and the fraternity's having their big kickoff party in June, and you, you know that you need to be there for that. And I was like, for banging reasons, because we're, again, going to pretend that you were a spry 19-year-old. Um, and Nancy's like, of course we're going to be back for that, hon. You know what? What would you do without my hosting? Oh, my God. I've been hosting this shit for 30 years since before I was even born. Um, so Ned's excited about this. He's like, I'm going to talk to your dad about this. Nancy's like, you know, I need to talk to my dad. It's fine. I got this. I got this. I know. I know that we've got some banging to do. My God, South America. You probably got stories and also some interesting things that we might try together. Maybe you picked out some lingerie. I don't know. Anyway, best calls. And she's like, Nancy, I, I'm so excited. I want a prize. And it's because of you. And Nancy's like, what are you, what the fuck? What? What? And Bess is like, okay, so... You remember that picture that I took of you when you had a magnifying glass and you were looking at some footprints? And Nancy's like, that's a thing that I do on the regular, but keep going. And Bess is like, I submitted it to a photography contest and we won. 
And Nancy's like, what the fuck do you mean by all those words that you just put together? Like, what did we win? And Bess is like, we want a trip. I want a trip for me and one other person. And you need to go because you were the reason that I won this award. And Nancy's like, when you say that we won, that it was a con, what? And she's like, you're on the cover. You're on the fucking cover of, it's um, Photography International, but it's in French. And I'm not going to try it, okay? French and I are incompatible. I love it, but we just don't work together other than the word croissant. So... Also, jeu de pomme. So, you've got the extent of my French now. So, Bess is like, I'm so... And Nancy's like, what? Uh, uh. She gets very exasperated because she's like, I like to keep a low profile on cases. And you're fucking telling me that you submitted my photo to an international photography magazine. And I'm going to be on the cover with a magnifying glass. Clearly identified it with my name and my occupation. She's she's lapsed into deep southern because she is so upset. And suddenly from outside the house they hear a massive crash so i didn't actually establish this at the time but when ned pulls up to the house he finds nancy's car parked out front and so he just parks like right next to her car and he's like do i need to move your car and nancy's like maybe later and i was like for sleepover reasons (laughs) like let's move cars so that there's no and i'm like again y'all y'all common law married there's probably some babies that i don't know about it's fine Anyway, they hear a massive crash from outside. Nancy and Ned, Nancy's like, I gotta go to Bess because she's on the phone with Bess still. Bess is like, I'm so excited. And Nancy's like, please stop Jesse Spanoing here. Oh my God. Put down the caffeine. Um, but they go outside and a like old fashioned big old cab truck has smashed into Nancy's car, which then smashed it into Ned's car because Ned's car was parked right behind hers. It like fucking obliterated that shit. And Nancy comes outside and she's like, oh my God, what the fuck? And her first thought is that like somebody um, got hurt or incapacitated behind the wheel of the car. And so they like had a wreck or something. And so they run up to the car. There's no one fucking in it. There's no one in the fucking car. No one. There's no like signs that this is actually a vehicle that a person has been using. There's none of that. Um, like, and she's like, maybe they were thrown clear of, no, there's no one nearby. There's absolutely no one nearby. It's just like somebody like clearly got the truck in position and then like bolted before the car actually hit Nancy's. And so she's like, son of a fucking bitch. Like, I love this car. And I'm like, you should, you have, you've had that car rebuilt several times. It is the Terminator of cars. Um, Ned's car, like the front end gets a little bit like his headlights get smashed. But other than that, his car seems to be drivable. And he's like, son of a bitch. I'm going to have to like tape some fucking flashlights to the front of my car so that I can. Yeah, just, just doing great. Um, and then like some neighbors, and I think the, the book actually uses the word like saunter over and they're like, Hey, what's up? Hey, we are here for drama, and it looks like some drama is currently happening. There should be a small child with a lemonade stand who is selling pictures because we're here for it. Maybe maybe vodka that shit up. Anyway, the police show up, as they do, as they do. Again, do they have a call box that's 30 feet away? I don't know. Um, Nancy's like, yeah, so there's no identifying marks. Her father comes out, and she's like, okay, so I'm going to like check and see if there's actually like a fucking identifying number on the engine of the car. And I was like... I see that we have stepped things up a notch. I see that we're like, maybe there's a VIN that I can pull off this vehicle. Like, Nancy's like, I'm going to do all the legwork for the police because they're absolutely incompetent. Uh, there's nothing. Like, it's been uh, it's been somehow masked something. Like, she can't make it out. Anyway, there, so there's no license plate. And Ned's like, this was clearly premeditated. Like, oh, my God. Ned is staying with an aunt overnight in River Heights so that he can drive everybody to the... They're going to... I don't think that they're going to be... 
I think this is a different time. I think that, like, Ned comes back over for another visit just to check in with Nancy because she's got a lot of shit going on. And he offers to drive her to the airport. But anyway, um, to drive everybody to the airport. Because Nancy calls Best back and she's like, hey, so first off, um, I'm, I'm not going to talk about how angry I am because that would just make you mad. And um, second, maybe bring George for your trip and we can all go to Scotland together to meet my grandmother. Great grandma. And Bess is like, oh my God, yes, yes, absolutely fabulous. I love it. I'm here for it. Yes, yes. So she calls George and like immediately their parents are like, she's like, I'm glad I have my old passport. And I'm like, what do you mean old? Y'all, y'all doing a lot of international travel. Y'all went to Hong Kong. Come on, y'all. Yeah, I think they did. Um, I think that they were there for that. I know that Ned was. Because again, Ned's a fucking spy, so it's fine. Um, I love it. I, I want that version of these books so bad. Anyway. So Nancy's car is smashed up. It has to be taken to the, and of course the garage is like, we can fix it. And I'm like, why the fuck? Her father, again, has surprised her with a new car on several occasions. And I'm surprised he wasn't like, well, let's just go ahead and get you a 1964 model. Let's just go ahead. It's almost time for you to get that Mustang that you're going to get later. So let's just throw that in there. Um, Good times. So um, the other weird thing that happens is Nancy, of course, is on foot because she, her car is obliterated and she's like, I can't remember exactly what she's looking for. Like she's downtown and she's asking some questions about like mm, something, maybe something related to it. I think, oh, the other weird thing, because of course this is going to come up later. Ned was like, because at dinner, of course, they're talking about the trip and everything. And Ned has to write a paper about his South America trip. And I was like, he's debriefing with his his manager. That's what that is. Like, I, that's cute of you. It's fine. Um, but he was like, oh, so you're going to investigate the sheep stealing. And Nancy's like, what the fuck are you? What? What sheep stealing? And that's like, I read an article and it said that somebody is apparently stealing some sheep in Scotland and they don't know where they're going. They're like vanishing. And Nancy's like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm, I'm gonna go find some missing sheep, and also a family heirloom, and that's, that's gonna be it for me, and also a fucking new car, because there's that, I'm gonna need to enter some contests, I don't know, maybe write some essays, um, yeah, so, throw that in the back of your head, that's, that's a check I was gonna, you know, that's gonna pay off, there's sheep on the cover of this fucking book, you know, it's gonna pay off, um, so, she's on foot, and she sees, like, in the, there's a big display in one of the store windows downtown in River Heights. I think that maybe she like went to the garage to check in on her car or something. And it's the fucking blown up image of her on the cover of the fucking magazine. And Nancy's like, son of a fucking bitch. Son of a... How am I going to keep a low profile? Oh, my God. And she's not not happy about this. I mean, of course, she's not going to be. Like, and again, I feel like Nancy needed to think this through a little bit better because, again, she's the daughter of, like, internationally famous criminal defense attorney. And also, like, she trades on that on the regular. But she, like, does she want to have a secret identity? Because that's, that's the vibe I'm getting from this. And, again, I'm fine with it. Have your secret crime-fighting identity. But don't try to be like, well, I am the daughter of Carson Drew, and also I don't need you to know that I'm investigating mysteries because everyone knows it. Like, it's it's really cute that she's like, I have been trying to keep a low profile. She does generally stay away from, like, publicity related to her cases. There is that. But there's also, she's she's trying to have it both ways. She's trying to trade on her prestige, and she's also trying to, like, be like, no, my privilege is not important here. And I'm like, ah. There's an internal, there's a tension there that you need to resolve. Like, you, you need to really think through some choices, but it's fine. Anyway, so she sees the the picture, and there's, like, a crowd, and they're like, oh, my God, it's the girl from the photo. And I was like, again, it's fucking River Heights. Like, on the regular, the newspaper's calling up and like, hey, girl, what you doing? 
Like, you got anything going on? You know, we got some space to fill. So I don't understand the whole, like, oh, my God, I did not know. I guess it was like, oh, we didn't know that you are, like, making it obvious now. Like, are you going to have a storefront? Are you going to actually, like, have a little boutique shop where you're going to offer to solve crimes? But anyway... So a crowd gathers and this little boy who is wearing like some kind of torn up clothes is like, hey, can I get your autograph? Because that'd be so cool. And Nancy was like, oh, that's so sweet. So she takes out a little piece of paper and signs it for him. And then like a bunch of other little kids are like, oh my God, yes. Can I get your signature too? Can I get your autograph? And Nancy's like, okay. So she distributes autographs to the children. But then like an adult nearby is like, oh, can I get your autograph too? And Nancy was like, oh no, the, the, that was just a thing I did for the kids. And they were like, well, I'll pay you for it. And Nancy was like, no, I'm, I'm not. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. If your spidey sense is going off, it fucking should be. So the first kid, the one who was wearing the kind of torn up clothes, Nancy sees at the back of the crowd handing the piece of paper with her fucking signature on it to an adult who hands him a dollar. I looked it up. A dollar 1964 is about $10 and 2022 money. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that, mm, okay, that's not a lot, but it's also not nothing. So Nancy goes over and she gets real fucking pissed and she's like, what, what the fuck? I was for, what are, you're selling it? And he was like, he, he offered me a dollar and he said it was going to be fine. And my family's like really fucking poor. And Nancy was like, you little son of a bitch. And I was like, Okay, I want the version of this book where Nancy follows this little boy home and helps him out. I want that version of this book. But anyway, he's like, can I get your autograph again? And Nancy was like, are you going to fucking sell it again? Like, what the fuck? Like, she's she's very mad. Um, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm really sorry. And Nancy's like, okay, well, I'm going to check into your story and make sure that you're legit. And if you are, then I'll come by your house and I'll, I'll give you another autograph. And he's like, oh, okay. And I was like... I don't love the way that was handled, but I don't love the way it was handled. There's really no but to it. Um, she runs after the dude who's, like, purchased her autograph. And he's like, hee hee, like, he's full villain, full villain era. Just prancing off. Handlebar mustache, just twirling that shit. Um, so Nancy's like, son of a fucking bitch, who is this asshole? Who is, who would actually buy my signature? And I was like... I know exactly who would fucking buy your signature. Like, I can think of a dozen reasons why somebody who has a handlebar mustache that he's twirling is wanting your signature. I can I can think of some. So, mm, there's that. Anyway, she sees Ned and tells him all about it. And, he, and she's like, okay, I'm about to leave town, like, tomorrow. So, can you go check on that street urchin who got my autograph and sold it? And Ned's like, on it. She's like, okay, also, this dude who stole my autograph, and Ned's like, on it, and also, like, I think that she's like, and just make sure my car's doing okay, and he's like, you know, I got you, girl, you know, I got you, and you know that you need to be there for my fraternity party, and she's like, I know, honey, I know, we're gonna get smashed as all shit, and it's gonna be good, so don't worry about that, it's okay, we got th- we got this, so... Ned takes everybody to the airport. Um, hilariously, everybody fits in his car. Like, and I was like, Bess is notorious for taking like five steamer cases with her at all kinds. Like big ass trunks full of shit. But I mean, it's fine. We're not going to rag on her about that for this one. There's like one like, oh my gosh, Bess, are you really going to eat that? Ooh, fuck. Okay, before they leave town. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Um, Togo is in this one. And again, Togo makes cameos. And I want him to be played by a famous dog. Like maybe Lassie, but that wouldn't make any sense. Anyway, so Togo is, um, Nancy and Hannah take him for a walk. And I was like, again, Hannah's characterization in regards to Togo is inconsistent between the books. Because sometimes she's like that little bitch. And sometimes she's like, he's so cute though. So mm, that's fine. They take Togo on a run, bring him back. And 
Hannah sees somebody, like, I think, approaching the house who, like, touches the mailbox and then leaves and doesn't do anything. And so Hannah's like, what the fuck was that? So Nancy goes over and she's like, the mailbox is fucking ticking. Um, so she picks up the, because it's like chained next to the front door. It's like hanging from a hook. It's not like actually attached to the door. So she pick, like unhooks the mailbox and like takes it out on the lawn and tosses it. And Hannah's like, what the fuck are you doing? And Nancy's like, it just started ticking. I think it's fine. And I was like, what the fuck? No, some of that shit, like if you change the orientation of it, that's how you do this. But whatever. So she tosses it and that shit explodes. Like a cr- it makes a crater in the yard. And Nancy's like, wow, that was a close one. And Hannah's like, what the fuck, girl? What the fuck? Um, they go around and they um they find the footprints from the person. So they've got like a they can make a casting from the shoes. Um they also Nancy finds little bits of paper that were apparently from a note that was in the mailbox, which does not appear to have been attached to the bomb even though it was blown to bits by said bomb, into tiny, tiny bits. Um, She takes those bits into the house, and she puts them together to see, like, it says Drew was going to bomb you. And Nancy was like, there there seems to be some shit missing. And granted, maybe I did not find all the pieces of this paper. But, hmm. And Hannah says, somebody knocked on the door earlier, and when I came out, there's nobody there. And, and Nancy's like, so they probably left this warning note in our mailbox, and then the person who was going to bomb us came by and just, you know, slid that bomb into our DMs. So there's that. Um, the cops show up, of course. Ned shows up, because, hey, his girlfriend just almost got exploded. And he was like, Nancy, do you really want to go on this trip? And she's like, yeah. And he's like... Yeah, somebody called my house and they were like, if you want your girlfriend to live, um, you need to not let her go on this trip. And Nancy was like, so I'm your girlfriend now. <laughs> That's what I said. She was like, bitch, I'm going to be fine. Like, and that, to his credit, like, uh, lets her know that somebody has made a threat against her. And then is like, but I know that you're still going to go and I'm not going to prevent you from going. Like, he doesn't say like, can you please reconsider? Like, fuck no. He knows who she is, and she, he knows what she's about. He knows that that ain't the thing she's going to do. So, um, the other thing that happens is, like, I think that Nancy finds a note, like, a, it was delivered to her with no return address, that kind of thing, and it says, like, if you go to Scotland, your cars are just going to keep getting demolished like your car was. And Nancy was like... That's a weird threat. It's not even like, I'm going to kill you. It's like, I'm going to keep fucking up your cars. And I was like, the most persistent car salesman in the world who was like, I'm just trying to get you to buy a new car. And you keep ignoring me. Like, he's got issues. It's fine. Um, So, yeah. So, Nancy, when she's leaving Ned with his list of tasks to complete, track down the street urchin, um, find the guy who stole my autograph. Also, try to find out who left the note for me. I'm just saying, like, if you got any clues, and that's like, sure, why the fuck not? He's on fall. He's on break from college. It's fine. I don't know why they're having a fraternity party in June, other than there's going to be a lot of debauchery that they don't want to be shared on social media. So they're like, you know, we're just going to keep this on down low, and y'all all know what's going to play out. So it's fine. Um, yeah. So Nancy and everybody takes off for Scotland. That takes them to the airport. He gives Nancy a kiss um on departure and I was like we all yes yes more of this all all the more of this I want Nancy to be like I'm gonna come back with my heirloom veil and we're gonna make this official it's been 32 years I think it's time I think it's finally time um no sadly no um so yeah so then they take off for Scotland and they're like Taurus trap ahoy is basically what's gonna happen 
So I do want to say that instead of going directly to Scotland from the River Heights Airport, <laughs> um, they go to New York, of course, because of international flights. And they stay with Eloise Drew, um, Carson's sister, the school teacher, who had the apartment that she kind of made into a duplex with that Chinese family, which we're never going to talk about again. Um, absolutely not. Nancy doesn't even like say, hey, have you heard anything from? N- nope. Uh, nope. We ain't talking about that shit. The thing that they notice when they're there, because we're going to, this is kind of a book that would be perfect to be made into a video game and that like there's a bunch of quests that Nancy has to complete, like a bunch of clues she has to gather so that she can complete the mystery. When she's at her aunt's place, um, she notes that her aunt has a chanter from a bagpipe. And you're like, this is going to be important later because of the title of this case. Um, so her aunt got it, like, on a whim. I think she went to, like, a museum display of, like, something. And she was like, oh, that's cute. So she got the chanter, which is just, like, the mouthpiece. And she was kind of trying to teach herself how to play, like, how to, to play through the instrument. So that, like, you know, just casually. And so she's like, oh, you can hear some music. And you can play. It's Scott Swahey is, I guess, how you pronounce it. Um, Which is apparently a famous song that is played there. And it's like... Scots, Scottish people who have bled in the revolution. So, you know, just having some, some uprising feelings, some uprising feelings. Um, so Aunt Eloise teaches Nancy how to play like the first, the first little bit of the song. Like she doesn't ever learn the entire song, but she learns the first little bit and she's like, you're doing really good. You're even getting the grace notes in there. You're you're working those pinkies. You're doing some good stuff. So Nancy's like, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I love picking up new skills that are definitely going to be important later for reasons. So um, but no, I don't think that Nancy's like attacked or threatened or anything in New York. It's just like they're stopping off there for the night so that Nancy can pick up a new skill for reasons. And then they head off to Scotland. So, um, when they go to Scotland, they are going to stay at, okay, I'm, I want to fucking back up here. I want to fucking back up here. Okay. As you know, the whole sheep thing. Yeah. Um, and Nancy has to get to Lady Douglas's estate to talk to her about the heirloom. So she can't do anything on that case yet. She has nothing to do with that case. The other thing is the whole signature stealing thing. Um, but when they land, it's like, and the, the weird, like, there's no one at the airport who was like, oh my gosh, it's the girl who entered that contest. And although I think that Nancy is actually recognized again, as one does, um, so, like, there's no one at the airport, like, oh, Bess, you want our trip, and here, and there's never any details given, it's not like, four days and three nights in the resort of your choosing, it's just like, you get a trip, international, an international trip to Europe, I think that is what they said it had to be, with one other person, and it's like, and that's it, and I'm, I was like, I love how vague this is, how open-ended, how absolutely perfect for this, it's, it's just lovely, it's wonderful, um, so they're staying at the same hotel with Nancy and her dad, of course, um, I think the girls are all staying together, and Carson has his own room, so when they check into the hotel, like, they're having this issue where he's like, oh, no, you got my name listed as Dewar instead of Drew, there must have been some fucking mistake, so Nancy and her friends are shown to, like, a, a nice room, it's, it's nice, they look around, and they're like, this is sweet, uh, this bathroom is so charming, um, Nancy opens up one of the drawers to put something away and she sees a little note in the drawer and it's like a bunch of just, it seems to be random words. And Nancy, as she is wont to do, was like, this looks like a code. There are little illustrations in the corners too. There's one that looks like a little tower and there's one that looks like um, a ship kind of. Um, And Nancy's like, I like it. 
I like it. This is fantastic. Um, she's like, I love when my rooms come pre pre done for me and they know that I'm here for a little bit of mystery. I'm here for a taste, just a little code, just to, you know, just to get my appetites going. Um, but, uh, the guy comes up and he's like, oh, this room isn't for you. This is for, um, Mr. Dewar who actually reserved this fucking room. And Nancy's like, good to know. Okay. So she puts the note back cause she's like, clearly this is for that dude. I'm, I'm gonna do some investigating. Um, she doesn't know anything about him, but she does know that apparently this thing was left for him. So that's it. And apparently the dude was incensed that they would have given his room away. And I was like, again, cause he was expecting to see a coded message. Um, Nancy checks in with Ned as well. Um, and I think that, like, very quickly, Ned has made some progress on all of his cases. So the cops come by Nancy's house. They've checked into everything. They have a copy of the note and everything. And Ned was like, you know that professor from Emerson who is in the handwriting? Nancy's like, fuck yeah, I remember that shit. Ned's like, so it's a junk science, but um, for the purposes of this book, I had decided to look at it, and I was like, I think, and the professor agreed that a maybe middle-aged woman, woman wrote it, and she seemed a little bit nervous based on the way her handwriting was done. I was like, on a piece of paper that was blown to bits. Um, so Ned decided that he was going to take, and I can't remember who exactly it was, like maybe his cousin or something, but anyway, he decided to go to grocery stores, like local grocery stores, and at the checkouts just hang out looking for like middle-aged ladies who were fitting his profile and just casually mention bombs and i was like everything about this is absolutely bonkers as shit like what the fuck but it paid off because of course it fucking did so there was a woman at who went to the checkout at the grocery store and i was like so cousin have you heard about some bombs lately and the woman starts like shaking and that's like hello <laughs> my girlfriend is nancy drew let's get started so she, the woman in question, um, was a landlady who has some rooms to let, and she overheard a conversation between somebody she was letting a room to and somebody else, and she heard something about a bomb, and a, he's a lawyer, and I can't remember, like, she, maybe Drew is what she heard, and so she thought that was the name of the person who was going to do the bombing. She didn't understand that that was the last name of the people who were going to be impacted by said bomb. And Nancy's like, oh my God, that's great. Okay, so you, okay, you found the person who wrote the note. That's good. Did you find out who she was overhearing? And it's like, I don't know the name of the person he was talking to, but I do know the name of the guy who um, was renting the room or whatever was named Paul Petrie. And Nancy's like, good to know. Uh, they check in with the cops and the cops are like, um, hasn't been arrested, but is de definitely into some shady shit. Like has definitely been questioned about some, some things, some, some light crimery so just keeping them on the radar. Um, the other thing, let me think. I think that's, oh, also Paul Petrie is the one who stole Nancy's signature. And when the tech checked out the street urchin, he was like, oh, he seems legit. And Nancy's like, okay, uh, when I come back, I'll, um, I'll give him another signature. It's fine. And I was like, again, let Ned like slip him a 50, like just change his life. Make it rain, make it rain on this poor little street urchin. Oh my god, can we just talk about the fucking domestic terrorism angle on this damn thing? Like, Nancy's house gets fucking bombed, like, legit. Got a pipe bomb in her mailbox. Um, so the thing that I want to talk about here is, remember, Nancy's car has been ruthlessly threatened at all all points because it's like anytime your girlfriend gets in a car, we're go we will be there, much like Frankenstein's creation. I will be with you on your wedding night when you get in the car, just like on star, but the opposite off star. Um, 
the the weird thing here is that I was like, clearly Elron is behind all this because enemy of the pod, Elron would be like, we need to fair game her. We're going to blow up her mailbox. We are going to threaten all cars she may enter. It's, it's so fucking weird because it's like, we will not threaten her directly, but we will threaten her in all other ways. Um, anyway, it's just real bonkers. So the thing that fits in on that is, um, after they get to Glasgow, which is their first stop in Scotland, um, Ned calls and that's when he tells Nancy that he's found out some more information, but he also tells her that he found out about Paul Petrie, who is the person who was, who got the autograph, but he's also the one who planted the story with the River Heights version of the National Enquirer that it basically fucking sounded like somebody was listening to Nancy's conversation with her father. And I was, I was waiting for somebody to be like, and then we found a listening device in her house, but that doesn't happen. But anyway, so when they get over there, like, they're going around with a tour guide who is super chatty. Just, just all sorts of all Scottish trivia. He is, he is the Jeopardy of all Scotland. Um, he takes them around to some different places and Nancy actually decides that she wants to rent a car. So she goes to the porter of the hotel after their rooms have been fixed, after she ends up in the wrong room and finds that code, that mysterious code which we talked about the little pictures on the side. There was one that was like a cradle that looks like a ship. There's one that looks like a very tall, narrow house. Um, so Nancy's like, all sorts of fun, weird things. They knew I was going to be here. It's like a gift basket, but instead of anything like champagne or maybe local produce, it's a code. Um, so the porter's like, do you have your international driver's license? And Nancy's like, bitch, who do I look like? Of course I'm a fucking international driver's license, which... Again, I wanted to know everything about that. Like, did they flash signs at you from all countries? Are they like, what does this mean in Japan? Like, how does this work? But anyway, Nancy's like, of course I have it. Which I think really translates to, yes, I'm aware that in some places, people travel on the other side of the fucking road. So... So they get in a cute little car and they're going, I can't even remember where the fuck, I think they're trying to find Loch Lamond because of course it's kind of like they were like, what are the Scottish things that we know about? Maybe Loch Ness, maybe we're going to find a monster. So they're on the way there and some dipshit like basically runs them off the road. Nancy's like, it must be an American because they're on the wrong side. And, and Bess is like, they're going to fucking crash into us. And Nancy plows into a hedge as one does. Just plow, plow that shit right into a hedge. D- like, supposedly destroying the hedge in the process, which I was like, that, that seems reasonable. Um, and the person just drives by. Nancy's like, they seem familiar, but I can't put my finger on it. The person who owns the house and the hedge comes out and is like, what the fuck? And Nancy's like, so somebody ran me out the road and I feel really sorry about it. And the person who owns the hedge is like, nah, fam, you're fine. You're American and you, you know, it's fine. No big. Go home. Nancy's like, well, I was going to offer to pay you, but it's fine, which is going to become a recurring thing in this book where Nancy keeps getting threatened in ways that result in property damage. And then it's like, maybe I should uh, just throw some money at this problem. <laughs> I can't blame her. It's, it seems like a solid strategy for a lot of white people. So it seems like it would work out. They, um, they do a bit, like I said, they do a bunch of touristy things. Like Nancy's like, maybe I can get a Douglas plaid. Um, she also, they go to a bagpipe factory. They find out that bagpipes are actually constructed of many different materials from everywhere. Like there's some African hardwood and there's some Indian, um, like legit subcontinent Indian. Um, I think some ivory that comes from India that is used in parts of the bagpipe. And Nancy does question at some point. She's like, I thought that bagpipes were Scottish. And the person says, actually, like, the concept of bagpipes was pretty, like, everywhere. Like, 
you know, you blow air into a bladder and it comes out and you try to pass it through different objects to make it sound a little bit different. Um, it was imported to Scotland and the Scottish people like adopted it. And Nancy's like, why is it that we only associate with Scotland now? And they said, well, pretty much everywhere else, it basically was replaced by other instruments that were easier to use. And the Scottish people were like, you know what? We, this is what we want. This fucks. And this is what we want as our national instrument. So yeah, but they also tell Nancy that usually girls don't play bagpipes. <laughs> They're like, usually the girls dance. And Nancy's like, well, I'll get a dancing outfit and also play the fucking bagpipes, you piece of shit. So, you know, girl power. Also, also girl power. So, um, they, like I said, they wanted to go to Loch Lamont anyway, and I think they ended up on Loch Lamont, and they noticed that there's a bunch of houseboats that are all, like, pulled up to the docks at Loch Lamont because, um, there are, it looks like there's a storm approaching. Something odd is going on in the last houseboat on the left, um, and Nancy's like, we should go check it out, but this huge storm, the kind of storm that honestly only happens in mystery novels, just blows up and just... Uh, everything is horrible. It's, the wind is so bad that it's actually tipping the fucking houseboats over. It's just, it's, it's a nightmare. And again, I was like, they have so many chapters they need to end. Of course, a weather event is going to be at least minimum one of them. I mean, is a tree going to be struck by lightning? Is Jane Eyre going to be proposed to by Rochester? So that some tree lightning is going to happen. We don't know. Maybe a mudslide. Um, mm, mudslide. So, how like Bess gets like swept into the water and of course as you know Bess is the weakest swimmer of all of them but is still able to rescue people in a pinch like it's damning with weird praise it's like you're the weakest of all of us and it's like but we're all really strong though so why are you being a dick um Ooh, another side note like I think there's like one reference to Bess being like I'm gonna enjoy a lot of food on this trip and everybody being like I mean why wouldn't you but and nobody makes a haggis joke also kale happens in this book and I was like I'm liking it y'all y'all are hipster about kale you're like we were into it before it was cool in 1964 anyway um so Bess gets swept out in the water they have to pull her, her out of the water um a houseboat gets stepped over they hear a child screaming and go over to the house and it's like my mom she won't wake up and they go into the house it's this small child I guess like a six-year-old and her mom like got like knocked the fuck out when her houseboat tipped over which fair I gotta say, if my house suddenly tipped over to the side, I would expect to be knocked on my ass. So, it tracks. Um, they get in there and actually, like, because they have to lower themselves through a window, as the door is currently not a thing they can get to. They get in there, they get her mom out, they resuscitate her, they get the girl to safety. Um, Bess, of course, is just absolutely drenched because she ended up in the water. Um, somebody nearby, like, invites them in to help them, like, basically warm up, and they're like there's something weird going on in the, that last houseboat. Apparently the people in that houseboat just use it as a vacation thing. And I was like, that also seems fair. But, um, some weird people have been in there, like getting packages at all hours and just being generally shifty. And you're like, so ethnic then. Ethnic. Um, when they go over there, there's nobody there, though, and they can't really see anything. But Nancy does notice that the houseboats themselves look like the kind of tall, narrow building picture that she saw on that coded note. And she's like, this seems fun. So, interesting, interesting. Um, they decide to do some more sightseeing. So, they go to a museum, and they see that there's... Oh, okay. Remember how I've been name-dropping Outlander this whole damn time? 
So they go to the museum and they talk about, I, th- I guess Glasgow is kind of close to Culloden, but they talk about Culloden. They talk about um, the Battle of Culloden Moor and they talk about um, like the Pretender and the Bonnie Prince Charlie and all that stuff that's happening. Um, yeah. And I was like, yes, Nancy, you need to get that over there. And I'll, I don't know who's going to be wearing a kilt, but it's going to come off. So just enjoy that. Somebody's going to be briefly wearing a kilt and there's going to be candlelight and it's going to be fun for all y'all. Fun for grownups of all ages. Um, anyway, so they do talk about that and they do talk about how there's like clearly places where plaids would be displayed and like clan tartans would be displayed. And after Culloden, of course, like, the Tartans, the the different plaids were taken away from the clans as, like, punishment. It's like, you don't deserve to have nice things, including plaids. (laughs) Plaids are beyond you. Um, so Nancy learns about that, and she's like, I want to get a Douglas Tartan made. And they're like, we know you do, hon. We got you. We're going to go to one of those, like, really cutesy, like, do your ancestry and find out how much percentage Scottish you are. Um, but anyway, so... I mean, there is some actual, like, history sprinkled in here occasionally. Um, Asterisk, I mean, I'm assuming. It it agrees with most of what I know. They do talk about, like, the McLeods, which, in the book, it's it's spelled accurately, which is M-C-L-E-O-D, which, if you look at it, you're like, McLeod, McLeod, like, I'm, I've actually got McLeods in my family tree. So, yeah, when she's talking about all the different tartans and everything, I was like, yes, accurate, correct. Um, they go to a museum, and they go to the dungeon part of the museum, and I was like, if you have not learned anything from these books, and you clearly haven't, um, you don't ever fucking go, Nancy, into the dungeon of a museum. Like, that's, we all know how that's gonna end. They misplace her. Like, it's, I think Nancy's father's there, and also Bess and George, and they're like, oh my god, this is so cool, and then they're like, where the fuck is Nancy? So they go out to talk to the guide who, like, who said, I'll just be out here. I don't need to go in the dungeon part. I was like, maybe they're claustrophobic. Maybe they're just like, I'm not a fan of tight spaces. Or maybe something something weird happened. Um, But anyway, the guide is like, oh my God, I hope that she's not down here because there is a suffocating hole. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? There's a hole that they would put people into and they would put a rock over it to suffocate them. And the, the guide's like, and the rock is right next to it. And they were like, son of a bitch, we're going to find her in that hole. <laughs> she's not there. I love the red herring. I love that they're like, we're going to find her her corpse, her faintly blue-tinged corpse in a suffocating hole. And Nancy's like, Nancy's not even there. She was like, I saw that that sketchy dude who was following us earlier, and I followed him. And and now he's gone now. He, he jumped into a car. So, remember when I told you that the person driving the car looked faintly familiar to her? Um, Nancy sees that he's got, like, bushy red facial things happening anyway so she's like oh he, he looks shifty though he was following us it, it, i did not i did not care for it she's like i still don't know how to know him. but anyway so um they also remember how their room got like yanked and the code blah blah um the person who took over there mr doer um apparently has been like anytime they're in like the hotel restaurant he's like yes say more things like just leaning toward them like a cartoon villain so they feel like he's chasing them, and they feel like he's, like, got a definite interest in everything they're doing. Um, I think, I think the houseboat thing, like, they check back later, and it seems like the houseboat's been abandoned at that point, like, it's fine. But, of course, Bess needed to get back to the hotel at, at that point anyway, because she was drenched, and she was like, I'm super uncomfortable. And I was like, again, I feel like all of you need to be carrying a change of clothes with you at all times. 
No judgment. Also a ball gown. You do not know when you're going to need that shit. You just don't know. Um, anyway. After Glasgow, I think they go to Edinburgh, which is, they go look at the palace. They go up the Holy Mile. They, Holy Mile? Royal Mile. I'm sorry. Um, Holyrood is the name of one of the castles they go to. Um, so yeah, they're, they're looking around and all that fun stuff. There's the, the shifty guy who needs, he kind of faintly recognizes who he's following them. Um, and they, they're all three of the girls are together. So they're like, well, if we split up, he can't follow all of this. And one of the, like, I think Bess is the one who ends up like following him because of course she's the most timid of all of them. And he like ducks into a, an, an office, like a government office. And Bess is like, what the fuck? So she goes to the door and she's like, somebody just came in here. And he's like, he had a pass. Do you have a pass? And Bess is like, well, fuck you. <laughs> and plus he's like, what the? No, he is shifty. There is no way he had a pass. And I was like, oh, I, I feel like those two things are not mutually exclusive. But I love it. I love that you're like, there's no way he had a pass. And it turns out later that no, he did not have a pass. He forged that shit or stole it from somebody. Anyway. Um... Yeah, so it seems like the people are trying to keep them in view at all times and and whatnot, etc. So there's that. Um, at some point, Nancy's talking to her dad, and her dad's like, "I'm gonna have to take some more time here." But he does find a guide for them to to take them on to Lady Douglas's house um, because he's not gonna be there yet. So they. After Edinburgh, I think, like, she's gone home to the... I think her name's Fiona. It, it is now. Um, I think she's gone to the Isle of Skye. So she says, I'll accompany you guys to your grandmother's house. And Nancy's like, no, no, you need to go with us. It's fine. Um, the other thing that happens is they're on a ferry at some point. And like I said, they, they rent a car. And it's like... It's weird because it's like, it's four people. It's going to be five, kind of. I mean, because they've got Fiona with them. All the luggage, and I've made a point of mentioning this earlier, that Bess is usually the one who has like 17 steamer trunks at all points. And is like, no, no, it's fine. We can fit all of our things into this normal size sedan, European sedan. Um, they have to get on a ferry. Like Oregon trailing that shit. Just like, we're going to caulk that wagon and we're going to ford a river. So... <laughs> They end up being the first ones onto the ferry, which you're like, that's, that seems real, real bad. And it's a small ferry too. It's like, it's not big enough to fit very many cars and you, you drive onto it and you drive like basically up to the point as far as you can. And anyway, but it's like the, that's the quickest way for them to get across is to do that or else they have to like go around their house to get their elbow or whatever. So, um, they get on there first and then it's kind of weird the way the book describes it because it feels like that maybe the person that has been chasing them like gets behind them on the ferry and then like basically tries to run them off the ferry the illustration of the book definitely makes it look like and some of the wording in the book definitely makes it look like they made it off the ferry but had not like gotten very far from the ferry but anyway the person like fucking runs them off the damn road into the fucking river that they just forded or the the body of water i think it's a river but anyway so like the the car's in the fucking river like and everybody sees it and they're like what the shit so they like get down in the river and like this group of four guys are like oh my god are you okay or is it and they get everybody out they get all the luggage out and they're like oh we will just lift your car back onto the road and Nancy's like what the fuck no 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 we will call a towing comp what the f- well, I have AAA I have triple shh so they call a towing company to get the the car out of the thing and also the car got a little bit banged up so it has to go to a garage but it's in working condition like I've got several thousand questions you can just 
tossed Nancy's rental car into a river and she's like, it's fine. It has not yet invalidated the warranty. Um, somebody who witnesses the entire event, she comes by and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm on my way to my croft. I think that there's like a few crofts that are mentioned. She's like, I'm about to go home and make dinner, but um, you t- like come with me. Basically, so it's Nancy, Fiona, and Bess and George who were involved in this fracas. And um, and she takes them fucking home. She's like, stay with me overnight. They'll fix your car up. It'll be fine. And Nancy's like, oh, my God, I need to, you know, I need to pay the, the guys who, like, helped us out. I need to, you know, show that I'm gracious, grateful for what they did. And the lady's like, stop it. You're, you're making it weird. Like you're, you're insulting them by like insisting to pay them for what they did. Like they, they did it to be nice and you're being a dick. And he's like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So she goes home with the lady, like the, the poor, and I'm again, I'm like, Croft feels like you're saying that it might be not a big house. And it sounds like actually when she says Croft, what she's referring to is the fact that it used to be a Croft, but they kind of built onto it. So, like, she has spare bedrooms that she's got one that Nancy and Fiona stay in and another one for Bess and George, and she, like, makes dinner with kale. Like, it, it lists off all the different things that they eat. It's really cute. Um, again, with the whole kale thing, I thought it was hilarious. And Nancy's not like, I've never tried this before. Nancy's like, bitch, you know me. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's actually really nice. And they like go around and they look at the countryside and everything. And this is around the time that Nancy notices that, um, and I think that this is actually the place where she notices it. I think that she's like having trouble sleeping because it's in a different place. And so she gets up and like kind of walks around a little bit just to, you know, cause Hey, she's in Scotland and a truck goes by and she hears a sheep. And remember, that Ned in the beginning of this book was like, you're going to solve the mystery of the missing sheep. And Nancy's like, fuck you. <laughs> because it just sounds so fucking patronizing that it's like missing sheep. Oh, it's like, you can't sleep. But it's literally like, she, she's like, I think I heard a sheep and it's like a fucking box truck. And she's like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Like what, why would somebody be transporting? Sh- I don't, nothing makes sense. And then she remembers what Ned told her. And she's like, Hmm, mm, got questions, got questions. Um, I think nearby, she actually sees some, like, she refers to them as, I guess, sheep farmers, but shepherds, but she sees them, she's like, hmm, okay, and she does talk to the lady who, I'm pretty sure it was the lady who lets them stay at her house, and she's like, yeah, they've had some sheep disappearances, yeah, that's, it's true, it's true, there have been some sheep disappearances, and Nancy's like, I'm gonna solve this fucker, I'm gonna solve this fucker, um, they get their car back, they're looking around, and I think that, um, maybe... Maybe they located a field that, that somebody had said that some sheep had gone missing nearby. I'm not quite sure exactly. I can't remember exactly what pro- what prompts her to go visit this particular place. I know she goes with Fiona. They found a croft. They found like a little, basically a shepherd hut thing. And they go inside and they find a large book that I think is written. I think it's like a um, Scottish thing, Gaelic to English dictionary. That's got some of the same fucking words that were on that coded note. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? Like, this has got to be related. So she's like, mm. so she talks to Fiona who speaks Gaelic and she goes through all the, all the different terms. And it looks to Fiona, she's like, it's not actually, actually a, like a coherent sentence. It's like a, it's almost like a vocabulary lesson. So like one says wife and one says lock 
and like it's it just it's just a series of weird words like one is maybe like the word for truck one is the word for bar like Nancy's like okay that that doesn't really help that much um they find like I think a little piece of plaid in there and anyway so Nancy's pretty sure that maybe they've been using that for something but she she wants to leave all the stuff behind the other thing that she finds in there that definitely makes her think this is related to what she's been studying is the piece of paper with her own fucking signature on it so um nancy they do end up going to lady douglas's house which as soon as they pull up like Bess is like oh my god why do you and your dad not live here and nancy's like it's not our fucking house I mean, it's cute, though. It's, it's doing some good stuff. Fiona on the way is like, no, I want you to prepare yourselves. The Scottish Highlands are not for the faint of heart. And you're going to feel like you're in a gothic romance. And Bess is like, yes. But it's she's like, it's pretty fucking desolate up there. And it's like, it's pretty lonely. And if you're not prepared for it, like, it could fuck you up. And Nancy's like, so why do people live there? And she's like, Scottish people are better. <laughs> basically so so they go up to see lady douglas lady douglas tells nancy that she's like oh my god i'm so glad to meet you blah, blah, blah. like she's very cute she has two servants tweety and dorcas it's it's real real bad y'all it's, it's just real real bad um and that's it and i was like okay if you have the like the fucking downton abbey house and you're like we have two servants i'm gonna be like okay first off no you need more than that second what the fuck anyway so um she tells nancy that she had a topaz and diamond brooch that she was gonna give her as her inheritance basically like that was the heirloom that she was gonna pass down to nancy she found it in her collection she pinned it on her dress to make sure that the pin was in working order and everything the little clasp mechanism um she went outside and was swanning around and then she had to go back inside and when she made it back inside she noticed that the pin was no longer on her dress and so nancy's like okay so is it possible that it just like literally fell off your dress and and lady douglas is like yeah um we have done a thorough search of everywhere that i walked that day and we are not finding it and nancy's like okay so i've got a place to start also i know that it's a pin and it's gonna be a fucking nightmare to find so i mean they look around and nancy's like do now is it possible that somebody came into the house and stole it and lady douglas is like i don't think so like i trust my servants and we had a guard dog and nancy's like you said had and she says yeah he died the same night that the pen went missing and nancy's like uh-huh yeah that's that's not a coincidence um okay so okay so the other thing i forgot about this um nancy finds a she's not quite sure what it is it looks like a basically like a scrap piece of wood with a lot of like paint blotches on it when they went to one of the museums there was a portrait that somebody had done of the 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 pretender um and it looked like just a bunch of different paint blobs until you put a round mirror in the middle of it and when it did that it would reflect back like the portrait of the prince it was kind of like this hidden way to to do it and i was like okay that sounds incredibly needlessly complicated but she found one of those Nancy did. She found a, a similar thing, and she was like, maybe this is also that. But she couldn't find a mirror in the house that was going to help her actually figure it out. I'm, I'm pretty sure that she found it in the shepherd's croft thing. Um, the other thing is that Nancy's talking to Lady Douglas, and she's like, can we, like, borrow some plaids? And Lady Douglas is like, fuck yeah, the attic is just complete 
teeming with plaids, just trunks of shit, just enjoy. So they go up in the attic and like they get to like they could have put on a community production of anything that is even faintly Scottish. So Nancy gets to find like put on I think that um Lady Douglas tells her like I mean these are all like dress up outfits. They're not they're not like good, well preserved. It's just like oh somebody wanted to like just wear some plaids for whatever reason. Like, they're not in good repair or anything. And also, like, Nancy's like, are these heirlooms or whatever? And Lady Douglas is like, they're fucking plaids. Like, again, a plaid in Scottish is, like, a blanket and also a tote bag and also a skirt and also just, like, a cloak you can throw over yourself. It's just like a, it's like a quilt. It's It has that same, like, it's a thing that you use for a purpose. So don't be weird and pretentious about it. Don't, like, pr- treat it as an art object like unnecessarily basically so Nancy's like okay okay so uh, everybody gets to borrow plaids Fiona who had been like oh I'm gonna go visit my family in the Alice sky Nancy was like you can you can stay with us and Fiona was like I mean if you say so <laughs> so Fiona is staying with them because she's she knows a lot of local people and she's familiar with the area and so she's completely fine with helping Nancy out that way so the other thing that happens and okay to clarify, Carson is, like, still doing work, and so it's just Nancy and her friends who have gone to Lady Douglas's house ahead of them. Um, Nancy's, like, at her aunt's house, I think. I can't remember exactly where this happens, but anyway, um, and I think it's at her aunt's house. Um, two cops come up, and they're like, hey, we've been looking for you, bitch. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? And they're like, you've been writing some bad checks. And Nancy's like, son of a fucking bitch, I knew this shit was gonna happen. So she tells the cop, she's like, look, somebody stole my autograph, and they have been signing checks, and I knew some shit like this was gonna happen, and it ain't me. And they were like, sure, come on down to the station. And Lady Douglas is like, excuse me. Oh my god, this is my great-granddaughter, and she would not do this shit. They, of course, call Carson, who was like, I will fucking vouch for her, you pieces of shit. Like, everybody gets in high dudgeon about this. And the cops are like, Okay, well, we see that you are super white, so we are going to just um, maybe tell you to stay at the house. And Nancy's like, the fuck you will. <laughs> anyway, she has, an inv- she has some sheep to find, okay? Anyway, so she does tell them, she's like, look, I found my signature at this shepherd's croft. And when they go there, there's nothing there. Like, they look through everything and they, they can't find any evidence of the stuff that Nancy had found. So that, like, Gaelic dictionary is gone the little slip of paper with Nancy's signature on it, it's gone. Like, everything is gone. Um, it looks like it's been abandoned, um, basically. So, Nancy's disappointed, but not entirely surprised, honestly. But she does talk to the cops about the whole sheep thing, and, um, she goes with Fiona and Bess and George to basically do a stakeout of a location that, like, apparently some sheep have gone missing nearby, and when I say some sheep have gone missing, like, they're talking, like, a large number of sheep. And to the point that Nancy's like, I don't understand how the fuck they would fit in a box truck. Like, it, that that seems a bit much. Um, But she's also, remember the night that she was out, like, not really sleepwalking, but kind of, like, wandering around? She heard a bagpipe. She heard somebody, like, badly playing the Scots Wahe song that she remembered. She said, realizing for the 17th time, she's probably mispronouncing every part of that. Um, so Nancy's pretty sure that the bagpipe sound is some sort of signal to the gang. And 
Yeah. So they they dress up in like their Scottish clothes and they basically like join a big camp out of other Scottish teenagers and yeah, it's weird. Um and Nancy does actually witness what seems to be another sheep abduction and she's like, "Well, what the f-? and she didn't think this through because again, what the fuck are you going to do? You're in the Highlands of Scotland. There's no such thing as cell phones. You're not near a house. You're like literally fucking camping." And Lady Douglas is like, I'm really sorry, I probably don't have sleeping bags. And they're like, we'll just have blankets. Um, They're not near any way to contact anyone to let them know that there's something going on. They can't confront the sheep thieves directly because, like, what what the fuck are you going to do? There's not enough, like, there's not enough in their group to actually fight them off. So, Nancy's pretty sure that, that that's what, like, she witnesses basically what she thinks is probably, like, part of this in progress. But they can't really do anything about it, so... It's frustrating. Um, also, Fiona has cousins everywhere in Scotland, is what we learned. Um, so, they go back to Lady Douglas's house. They're feeling frustrated. Um, Nancy takes that portrait that she found, and she asks Lady Douglas's permission to paint the inside of a goblet with quicksilver to basically recreate the curved mirror that she was going to need to puzzle this out. And when she does that, she's like, a clue to the mystery. And I was like, again, like, this is so fucking needlessly complicated. Like, you've got, you have to have a bagpipe and you have to have a weird blotchy portrait that somebody, like, it It just, it's giving video game um, vibes. It's giving, you have to solve this puzzle to, anyway, it's, it's just real, real weird. Anyway, so, um, Nancy basically when she, oh, um, I don't think that she figures this out, but anyway, she's, um, yeah, they do decide that they have pretty much figured out where they think the next sheep abduction is going to happen. They talk to the cops and they, they're able to give the cops enough, like they give them enough evidence to convince them to do the stakeout with them. So, um, but they have actually kidnapped part of the gang, and I can't... I think that the person, like, actually comes after Nancy, and they, they capture him. Like, they're actually able to get him. Like, he... And what she figures out is the guy that looked familiar to her was Paul Petrie. Like, he had just put on a wig. Um, They put him in prison, and he's like, yeah, so you're never gonna find the, the, the heirloom that was lost because Tweety stole it. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? So she goes to Lady Douglas, and she's like, um, so this dick is saying that Tweety did a... Tweety, when confronted, Lady Douglas is like, now, I want you to understand that I 100% believe in your innocence. However, a shifty character who was faintly ethnic has said that you possibly stole that brooch. Tweety starts shaking violently and is like, I would never! And Lady Douglas is like, I knew all along. I love, I have loved you forever. Um, but anyway, so he says that... He doesn't know anything about it. Dorcas apparently told a friend who, like, let it slip to one of the gang members slash Scientologists about the brooch. So, Paul Petrie uh, confesses that he had found out about the brooch. He was out, like, basically casing the joint. He saw the brooch drop off Lady Douglas. But when he went to retrieve it, like, he picked it up, but the dog came after him. So, he tossed the brooch into the like small ornamental lake that was nearby and like anesthetized the dog to the point of death because he did not realize that he was overdosing the dog on sheep anesthetic and he doesn't really feel bad about that and Nancy's like kind of a dick though like in all possible ways so now she knows where the brooch is but anyway um they find out that the person who was impersonating Nancy was the wife of one of the gang members clearly clearly um 
that was what the little ship cradle meant was that she was there and in, in, in position that she had given birth to I think it was Paul Petrie's wife actually that she'd given birth to their son but she was ready to do her role in the gang because like that's how she was gonna provide for her child and I was like Again, we're getting this really weird, like, side story that I really think would be a lot more interesting than what you did with the main story, but okay. Um, the sheep thing. So, they, again, they stake out the place that they think is going to happen, and the cops are nearby, and they're, they're recording everything, okay? They see the, the, the actual gang members go anesthetize the sheep. They're all, like, falling down, like, oh my god. And the way that they do this is that Nancy actually shows up and gives the, she plays the bagpipes. She plays the sound that says, like, okay, all clear, basically, is what they figured out what that means to go ahead with the the thing. So, the cops actually let the gang anesthetize the sheep, get them into a fucking truck and take pictures of everything and then, and then arrest them like to prove that yes, they were trying to get away with property. Um, I think that the picture that Nancy deciphered was actually, and I cannot remember what the fuck they call this thing, but it's like a honeycomb stone structure that they said that it used to be that clans would basically like, if they needed to, um, fortify themselves, they would place themselves inside the structure so that they could, um, basically defend themselves. So there's a few nearby and Tweety knows where they are. So they go to the first one, they don't find anything. They go to the second one and Nancy is like, I'm seeing some signs of recent occupation. And they find that yes, indeed. Um, Tweety goes like over the hill and is like, yeah, that's a sheep graveyard. Like, okay. So these dicks have been stealing the sheep taking off their coats, their, the fleeces or whatever, the, the, you know, the wool, the skin to make sheepskin, um, the meat and then like leaving the skeletons. And I was like, what, don't, don't you need more than a weird 12th century stone structure for this? Like maybe some plumbing or knives? I don't know. Um, maybe you have an RV that's full of these things. Um, I don't know. It just, it, Somebody said, like, when you're pulling a scam, like, you're putting work in. And I was like, this feels like that. Like, get a job, like, not stealing sheep. Like, I get that you're making a massive profit because they weren't your sheep to, to begin with. But, okay, okay, um, sure. So, yeah. So, yeah, they find everybody that's involved in the gang. I, again, I feel bad about this. And I don't think that we ever actually, I don't think we do. We don't ever see the wife who, that was what the, it said, like, woman in the code. That's who they were referring to. Um, the gang, Elron, who was leading this all along, was like, if only Paul Petrie hadn't decided he was so cute and decided to do codes and Gaelic and all this shit, then all the, you know, none of this would have happened. And I was like, maybe, but I mean, it just seemed really bad to begin with. Like, there were a lot of missteps. Nancy, um, after she has saved the day, goes and, like, dives in the ornamental lake a few times and finds the brooch. So, yay! Every everything's good again. Like, <laughs> and she also doesn't tell her grandma, her great grandma, that like, yeah, Dorcas was kind of like spreading it. She was spilling some tea, so people were aware. Like none of that. So, yay! Nancy has helped out her grandmother and solved the case of the missing sheep, and now she gets to go home for Ned's banger frat party. Cause oh my god, which BT Dubs, the next book that we're gonna be looking at is indeed. The Phantom of Pine Hill, which sadly the version of the book that I have is 
the binding was split like a third of the way into the book, which is real, real sad because this seems to be an early edition because the next book listed is indeed the Phantom of Pine Hill, which is set at Emerson. And oh my God. And also we got some, some faint light cultural appropriation because again, it's going to be like 1965. So, so, um, Elrond tried to fair game Nancy and learned yet again that, you know what, bitch, crime doesn't pay for long. <laughs> oh my god, these idiots, these fucking idiots. This seems so needlessly complicated. Like, everything about it just seems so fucking needlessly complicated. And again, let, let's do a travelogue. And I guess sheep just feel, and the pitiful, sad little sheep that Nancy hears, and it's like, it's not a victimless crime. Those, those sheep were innocent in all this. They're kind of dicks, but they were kind of innocent. It's just, yeah, so, yeah, Nancy gets to get her inheritance, and I don't think that, I don't think that in the main series she ever goes back to Scotland, and I'm also thinking about the files, and I don't remember there ever being a file set in Scotland either, so it's, it seems like this really weird one-off where it's like, we're going to talk about your family. And then like, no follow-up, none. She doesn't talk about like, oh, do you have stories about my grandmother? Like, can you tell me anything? None of that. None of that. It's just like Lady Douglas, widow of a guy who was in the House of Lords and scene. Like, she's super cute though. And she's willing to stand up for Nancy. So that's cool. I don't know. It's fun. It, it is fun as like this fun travelogue where Nancy just keeps getting run off the road, slashing into bodies of water. Yeah, good times. Anyway, so next time, Phantom of Pine Hill. All Ned all the time. Oh my God, so much Ned. Maybe, maybe sneaking off for a tryst. Maybe. So until next time, stay sleuthy, my friends. <laughs>